Yodelay, yodelay, yodelay. <laughs> My favorite Price is Right game. Welcome to Respawn Aim Fire, the Kick-Ass River and Gaming Podcast from Raffle Idiots. I'm one of your hosts, Adam. He yodels all the day long day. Gumbert. Today we have... <laughs> all the day long day. <laughs> I don't know, fucking know. And today we have the with way, us... The way you said that, it sounded like you were like splicing in sound clips of yourself in real time. It didn't sound like what you said was like sequential after, after one word after another. Yeah. I'm actually just like an algorithm that's like made to sound like a human being. It's not a big It's deal. working. Uh, yes. <laughs> Today we have with us <laughs> Chad. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. Michael Ennis. It is, uh, it is Halloween. I guess I'm wearing an orange shirt, although it is Destiny uh, focused. And I guess I got a little orange thing in the background. It's because it's sunset already. I'm not used to We are now in the dark times and the shitty yeah, time of the year where... We get an extra hour to compensate for six months of misery. So, welcome to That's daylight gone saving. That's forever now. In or we, welcome to the, the end of daylight saving. Yeah, we get the end. No more daylight. And also, we have with us Alex, pumpkin scream in the dead of night. Cozina. <laughs> Hell I'm yeah! I'm gonna cut you off real quick. What? Only reason what? I did this because we raided last night. I forgot. And that I was... just kept, <laughs> I just kept singing that intro song from, uh, not Orange is the New Black. What's that fucking Jack Skellington <laughs> movie? Before Christmas. I just kept singing that song from Night Before Christmas over and over and over again. So it's just on the brain. I had Sorry, no Alex. idea where you were going or why you were saying this, but now it makes sense. 24 hours later, you're still singing This Is Halloween. I love it. Pumpkin scream in the dead of night. <laughs> I was going to remark about how I'm 28 platinums richer now, but I guess your stupid Disney movie is more important. <laughs> no, your your <laughs> awful, awful Disney platinums movie. matter. Your awful trash platinums matter as well. Uh, you can catch us live on twitch.tv slash at Sunday evenings, 8.30 Eastern Time, YouTube and podcast services, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Remember Daylight Savings, Chad. Don't forget Daylight Savings. Upcoming on today's show, Geralt is young again. Marvel, anyone? Ooh. Do we have a lot of Marvel stories? Maybe Ooh. so. Ah? Ah? Go ahead, Alex. I was going to say, are we going to learn just what makes him so round and glass-like? What's that reference? What? Yeah, what is what is that about? <laughs> marbles. Oh, marbles. <laughs> Shut up. I love that. You want to race some marbles? Hell yeah. That's like the best YouTube... That is like the best YouTube channel of all time. Do you uh, remember, though, when... I think it was Unreal Engine. So there was some... I think it was Unreal Engine, and some company was like... Here's how lifelike this looks. And they did a thing with a bunch of marbles. And it was like this really fucking photorealistic marble simulation. Interesting. What a good use of resources. Yeah. Speaking of good use of resources, PSVR2 details from Adam Bankers at IGN.com. What guy just fucking professional hosted that? Just You did. You said, Chad, I don't want to listen it. to your bullshit anymore. Let's get back on track and turn it around. No, without it was being great. Offensive. But I just took, I took what you said and made it into the story because mm -hmm. I'm you're professional. A professional. Not tired at all. Uh, PlayStation, you know, I love Southwest Airlines. PlayStation VR 2 <laughs> will officially be released on February 22nd, 2023 for $549 US. It's about $3,000 Canadian. Uh, Pre-orders will begin on November 15th. That's not real what conversion, is, is it? Alex, what is the price of PSVR 2 up there? It's $550 for us. I don't is, know. is this like $899 for you guys? It's a genuine arm and a leg. When prices in Canada get too high, you actually have to amputate your arms and legs. Because we have free healthcare, we can just replace them after the fact. But yeah. it really hurts yeah. like a bitch for the first few days afterwards, you know? That's wild, especially for being like something that is so focused on using your hands to have to lose your arms for it. 
Yeah, right? you gotta give up arms. It's arm doubly insulting. Uh, here's the thing. I just want to say this right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is a real high price point. It really sucks. I tweeted this out. Like, this isn't going to deter me from getting PlayStation VR two if I decide to get it. Ultimately, I can scrounge up the money needed if I really want to. It does suck that we are not going to be able to immediately access all of our old PlayStation VR games. You know, a couple of years ago when the PlayStation 5 first released, uh, I looked to its launch lineup and I was like, nothing here that like immensely speaks to me. I know that Spider-Man will be good. I know that a lot of people are looking forward to Demon's Souls. Astrobot might be fun. Nothing here that's like immediately grabbing me, but it's okay because ultimately... Uh, even though I won't have anything super brand spanking new to play to enjoy, I can turn my PlayStation 5 into my new media center. I can transfer everything that was over my PlayStation 4 and set it up as the new hub uh, by which I will enter into all manner of exciting PlayStation worlds and have a great time. Uh, But PSVR 2 is not going to let me do that, and that's a real bummer. Yeah, I guess since we're right here, I mean, we're on the first yeah. bullet, but that's fine because we would circle around. Chad, how do you feel about this? Because you are I know you're very interested, and I'm sure you have the disposable income based on conversations we had during <laughs> Destiny last night. But how do you feel about a $550, again, $50 more than the console currently in America? Yeah, uh, it's PSV, PSVR in general was always expensive, too, compared to the console. It was only like it launched at 300 bucks, and you could get a PS4 for 300 bucks at that time as well. And... I think 549 is a statement from PlayStation saying, last generation, we weren't the best and we weren't necessarily good enough, although we were we we got the market started. They sold millions more units than most people did. And they said, that's a, we are no longer interested. They, there are two directions you can go from that. You can make it a much better experience or you can make it a wireless experience. And Meta chose the wireless experience. PlayStation's choosing, we're going to take what we did, and this is clearly the highest definition set. This is the only one that uses OLED screens. It has haptics in the... Like, they they went for the premium feel, and they're hoping that it's going to pay off and just be like, this will hopefully be the new de facto standard for VR. Because, you know, MetaQuest Pro is not going to take off, and no one's going to buy that thing. Like, this will probably end up being the best way to play VR, hopefully. Fingers crossed. And I think 549 is a fine price for that. If you look at like when Oculus Rift came out and it's 500 bucks and most VR headsets that you buy for PC are several, like $700, $800. So I don't think this is that outrageous. And for the step up in quality that apparently is like when people are doing previews for this thing uh, a couple weeks ago, they were like literally can't find the screen door effect that is so prevalent on all other headsets. So like that's that's what I like to hear. And so if I, I think 549 is enough to do that. I think it's really ambitious that they're making two million units by March to ship because I don't I don't think it's going to sell that quickly, especially in the the econ- the state of our economy right now. But uh, I think that's the right price. To Alex's point, though, it does fucking suck that my whole backlog is not compatible with it. But as we see here, kind of in the game announcement, in a little bit, like it hopefully won't matter a few months down the road once everything kind of makes upgrades available. Yep. Uh, I think 550, I was guessing about this. I'm like probably five or, or more just based on how much headsets are. And honestly, it's a niche market. So like you do have the meta, the wireless one, that's a couple hundred. I know that they're raising the price, but then there's also the super expensive meta one for the people who really care. It's a niche thing. And it's for an audience who cares about VR. Like, I don't think you're going to get Joe Schmo to go like, oh, I'll spend 50 more dollars for the VR heads. Like no people who want VR are going to give VR. No one else. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> And they're not going to spend five hundred fifty dollars for a thing they don't give a shit about. That's why the MetaQuest, what was it, two hundred bucks? That's why that made sense. Because it's yeah. like if I'm maybe a little interested, 
But then again, I think it's for the people who are going to get it and the price feels about right. Honestly, it could have been fucking eight, 600, 700, 800. So especially when they were talking about, like you said, all the, the screens and all the features. So I think 550 makes sense. That's cool. I would never get it anyways. So it doesn't make me a difference what the price is. Uh, but anyways, we've got more information about PSVR 2. As revealed by PlayStation blog, PSVR 2 will include, uh, when you buy the, the bundle or whatever, or the, the set, includes the VR headset, uh, sense controllers, stereo headphones. I like you get the headphones. That's cool. There will also be a PlayStation VR 2 Horizon Call of the Mountain bundle that retail for $599.99, which includes everything, and then a voucher for Horizon Call of the Mountain. So I'm assuming that means that game's coming out at launch, since you get a voucher for it? I, I guess so, yeah. I hope so. By the way, those stereo headphones, I 100% guarantee you, are garbage earbuds. Like Ooh, little tiny things that you just hook into the headphone jack. I guarantee you that's what those are, because that's what came with the last ones. Oof, rough. Uh, also launching on February 22nd will, P will be PlayStation VR 2 Sense Controller Charging Station. So there you go. More accessories for your expensive headset. But what about the game? Games. I'm my algorithm's not working tonight. What about the games? <laughs> Adam Bankhurst also tells us more from IGN. The full list of games. So they announced the price, announced the date, and then they're like, by the way, here's 11 games coming to PSVR 2. Uh, the full list includes Dart Pictures, Switchback VR. We'll talk more about that in a second. Crossfire, Sierra Squad, Light Brigade, Cities VR, Enhanced Edition, Cosm Cosnominus? Cosmonos? Cos Cosmonius? Cosmonius High. Like Harmonious, but Cosmo. Okay. Hello, neighbors. Get me. Search and rescue. <laughs> Hello, neighbors. Search and rescue. That game's just all about people getting, like, kids getting grabbed. It's weird. Yeah, and kids uh, fucking love watching Aftermath. it, too. And playing it. Yeah, my, my son has it downloaded. Uh, Jurassic World Aftermath, uh, Pistol Whip VR, Zenith The Last City After the Fall, and Tentacular. All right, so a little more information about these games. Dark Picture Switchback VR is being developed by Supermassive Games and is a fast-paced roller coaster action horror shooter where every move you make and everything you see could mean uh, the difference between life and death. So they made the Rush of Blood, which was based off Until Dawn, for PSVR 1, and they came back, and they're like, we're doing another VR game based off our anthology games. So it's like, because the the headline was like, oh, go through deserts and into ships, and it's like, oh, this is just literally the Dark Pictures anthology settings. So yeah. that, that could be cool. That um, one, I, I will tell the, you, okay. I watched the, the trailer for it, and I'm particularly excited about that one. One, because I thought it was a very underrated game on PSVR 1. It was always the demo. Like so, so Anytime I was getting my family to play something for the first time, we're like, hey, VR, here's guns, you're on a roller coaster, you've got scary shit, I love watching you scream. That's what I would do. So like, I'm excited for this game for that reason. But here's the other thing I'm really excited about. In the trailer, there's a part where it says, don't blink. And then mm -hmm. it goes on to show this thing that happens. And it, 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 in horror games, and even in movies, we've been trying for centuries to say, oh my God, wouldn't it be scary if like you looked away and then you turned back and something slightly moved and you looked away and you looked back and it like multiplied? Well, now with VR and the fact that they're watching your eyes and they know where your eyes are looking, or if you're blinking, you literally can blink and the world changes at when and it notices that in a millisecond and changes everything around you. And that's exactly what happens here. It's like, here's a couple mannequins and then you blink your eyes and they multiply and you blink your eyes and they're closer to you. It's just, oh, that kind of shit I'm excited for. That's very cool. Here's so I'm watching the trailer. That. I'm oh, watching the trailer right now. This straight up is basically just a sequel to Rush of Blood. Yeah, oh, that's exactly what like, it looks in like. in essence. Yeah. Which is essentially what the Dark Pictures anthology games are to House of... Not what's... Uh, what's it called? You just said it. Until Dawn? Until Dawn, yes. Yeah. 
Until Dawn was that first one was based on. I do like, so there's a fun way you can beat this. So there was that game, it was an indie game last year, Before Your Eyes, which would take your webcam and it would, you played through that indie game based on you blinking. Like, not in a scary way, but like, that's how the story progressed. What you can do is paint your eyelids or put fake eyes in front of the camera. Those mannequins <laughs> will never get closer. You know, nothing to worry about. Uh, so <laughs> some of those games, by the way, appear on PSVR 1. There was a couple of the games of the 11 they announced, which are also coming to PSVR as well. Um, and some also offer a free upgrade if you already own them. So I know specifically, I think it's like Pistol Whip VR. Yeah. And there's a couple more that you'll get that upgrade. So not backwards compatibility, but if you were on PSVR 1, you're going to be able to replay those games again. That's what excites um, me. That's what gets me going when I see, like, especially Pistol Whip, which is actually like a really good, uh, almost like a Beat Saber game, but with guns. And you're kind mm-hmm. of on a track through a level. Um, that kind of stuff to see that, hey, we've done the work maybe to port this to Quest, and now we're just going to make that available as a free upgrade for PSVR 2. I'm hoping that by the time February 22nd gets around, there are a lot more than 11 games, because a lot of things, like especially high-profile ones like Moss, I would love to see Moss 2, which just came out and no one played it because no one's playing PSVR anymore, to be able to yeah. see that, again, free upgrade to PSVR 2. I think we'll see that a lot over the next few months. For sure. That'll be cool. Anything else on VR, boys, before we move on? I think the pre-order process is dumb. If you haven't looked at it, because they just announced, here's the pre-order date, November 15th, but you have to actually like go into the article and realize it's only pre-orderable through the PlayStation Direct Store. Oh, yeah. And in fact, all of the launch of this system is only through PlayStation Direct. And it's not, hmm. you don't go on November 15th and just go and fight a bunch of bots. You actually have to go right now and register. For November After you 15th. register, you might get an email from PlayStation inviting you to pre-order the console between a certain time. And that time is really broad. It's like mine was like September or November 15th from 10 a.m., over the next like three days i could sign in anytime in those three days and pre-order one but some people don't like my friend matt didn't get one like he registered and he never got the email and i got mine within like 10 minutes and so like it's a it's a really dumb pre-order process but hopefully it all kind of works itself out but it's really surprising that they're not partnering with like best buy like they're making two million of these units and they're not partnering through like channel sales to make that happen that's wild well matt is a bot so that's probably why he didn't get an email back (laughs) you're right um (laughs) <laughs> no, that's weird. I guess they just want to. I would say they wouldn't care about scalpers or bots because they still sell the unit anyways. But uh, they're being. I'm I'm shocked that it's not like a Best Buy or Target or something. Uh, but yeah. Uh, anything else? Or are we gonna move on? Good. Spooky Grilled. Halloween. So I'm good to go. This you remember that Crunchwrap Supreme commercial? No. No. That's. No? I think it was like when the Crunchwrap Supreme first came out back when we were little tiny baby tots, mm-hmm. and it was a guy who was like. Crunchwrap Supreme, it's grilled, so it's good to go. And like, well, what if I eat it and it falls all over me? Like, no, 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 it's grilled, so it's good to go. And he does that hand gesture, good to go. My favorite Taco Bell commercial, I think it was the last time we saw the Chihuahua dog, but it was for with uh, Godzilla, nineteen ninety eight. They had a crossover where the chinchilla was was standing outside the Taco Bell. He's like, Taquito Taco Bell. Because there was a big shadow from Godzilla. That's the last time I remember seeing that dog. You know who kind of looks like that? that. You know who kind of looks like that Taco Bell Chihuahua mm-hmm. is uh, Pete Davidson, who's also in the new Taco Bell commercials. <laughs> <laughs> he does look like a small animal, doesn't he? Yeah. I will move on to playtime then. Playtime, playtime, playtime. I want to go ahead and start with Cozy just because he did actually did really cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, during his Hell playtime. Yeah. So I'm all about that. So 
this past Saturday, aka yesterday, I decided, you know what? Those big, beautiful kids. Oh, man. You, you got to <laughs> warn me when you're about to do that. I'm right here about to go on a big, long speech about all the work I did, and you're just opening up these bottles nilly-willy. Shame on you. Shame <laughs> on you. Canada Dry, baby. It's just for you. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. You're forgiven. Uh, Okay. So, decided, you know what? I'm going to do another... I'm going to do another... a second one? <laughs> I had to finish opening it because there was pressure and it was bubbling Oh, okay. <laughs> I am going to do uh, another big, long-ass 12-hour uh, live stream uh, in collaboration with Extra Life as part of Team Kind of Funny. And I decided, you know what? This time around, I'm going to do things a little bit differently. I'm going to have a schedule of a bunch of games that I am planning on playing throughout the day. Uh, however, I'm going to spice things up in terms of incentivizing people to donate. For every $5 that people donated, I went into the doldrums, as it were, of the PlayStation Store, found a super easy to platinum uh, platinum game, uh, and platinumed it live on stream. Put the offer out there, gave myself a little starting donation to uh, kind of incentivize other people to donate as well, and give myself the opportunity to get a couple of platinums on stream right at the beginning. By the end of the 12-hour live stream, your boy had managed to platinum 28 of these god-awful, super easy-to-platinum games. Right. Let me tell you about some of these games. First <laughs> off, starting out strong, I platinumed Welcome to the World of ZJ the Ball. Don't be mistaken, <laughs> this is actually a visual novel that basically introduces oh. you to the world of ZJ the Ball and his friends. It's, oh. There's no gameplay involved, no platforming. Next up were ZJ the Ball, level one, ZJ the Ball, level two, <laughs> level three, level four, and level five. Those were all separate games, all with their individual <laughs> platinum trophies. ZJ the Ball, he's a good Christian ball that adheres to Christian <laughs> values. He's got to platform through a bunch of levels, get a bunch of coins, play a really crappy minigame at the end with his robotic friend that has a cross on his head. Yeah, he and has a crucifix on his head. Lo yeah. and behold, you got yourself a platinum. And you're probably wondering, oh man, ZJ the Ball levels one through five all sound swell. Is there not more ZJ the Ball goodness on the PlayStation Store? Well, buddy, <coughs> have I got the games for you? Because after that, you have ZJ the Ball Challenge level 1C, which is literally ZJ the Ball level one. But there are fewer coins and they're put in slightly more difficult positions. And so you got to play it a little bit more closely, aka use a video guide to help you out. Uh, and then there was ZJ the Ball Challenge level 2C, which was not as bad as level 1C. Uh, but alas, when I tried to play ZJ the Ball Challenge level 3C, I got real bitter and frustrated because a couple of the coins were placed in a very annoying position. Uh, and at Adam's urging, I decided to move on to my next game, uh, which is either Platty Bird 3 or Pretty Bird 3, depending on whether or not you go <laughs> off of its key art or its name on the PlayStation Store. Uh, That's pretty so funny. Dumb. It's like, when you oh, when you launch, it says Platty Bird. When you launch, it says Pretty Bird. Right. It's like, all right. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> but on the Great. PlayStation Store, it's Pretty Bird for whatever reason. Uh, this game is a, uh, pl uh, what, what's it? What's the original one called? Flappy Bird? Flappy, Flappy Bird, Bird yeah. clone. It's a Flappy yeah. Bird clone and not much else. Uh, then after that was Flappy, uh, not Flappy. Platty Bird, aka Pretty Bird 3. Then after that was the Taco Quiz. Let me tell you about the Taco oh, Quiz. Taco Quiz. The Taco <laughs> Quiz 
was a quiz game where statements would pop up on screen, usually poorly written and not very like well spell checked for the record. Uh, they would pop up on screen and you would have to choose between true or false. Here's the thing though. If the statement is true, you can only select the true option. If you try to select the false option, nothing happens. You don't get it wrong. If a statement <laughs> pops up that's false, you can only select the false option. You can't select the true option and get it wrong. So literally the entire game is you're just like repeatedly tapping both the true and false buttons at the same time so that you can get uh, questions correct and eventually get yourself your platinum. Uh, then My after that was... The truck journey, which honestly might be the worst of, of them all. The truck journey, literally, you are a truck that is like, uh, I don't know, parked in front of a barn or whatever. Uh, you have to hold down the X button. The truck advances forward on screen. It says you have traveled X number of miles. You just hold it down for like a minute and you get your platinum trophy. <laughs> then That's you have like to hear. the jumping sandwich. You hold down the X button, a sandwich jumps, you get a platinum trophy. Uh, you have the Bear B. This is actually what it's called. The Bear B, just B, not B-E-E, -E, just B. Uh, it's a picture of a bear fishing in the ocean. You hold down the X button. There's no, not even any animation. Nothing jumps or moves. You just hold down the B button. And in the corner of the screen, it says your bear has caught X number of fish. And eventually, once it surpasses a certain amount, you get a platinum trophy. Uh, stroke the cat. That one was about stroking a cat. Beaver fun. <laughs> that one was actually like a rhythm game. Uh, Nump okay. jump. This one was about a rabbit jumping up a bunch of platforms into the sky. Whiskey story was about growing your own whiskey distillery. Uh, Santa's workshop was about making Santa toys. The Bronze Age uh, was about making bronze ingots. All three of those games, by the way, had literally the exact same gameplay where like you would just hold down the X button to make your bronze and then hold down the X button to make your ingot. Uh, Combo Breaker, we, get, we went and played ZJ the Ball Calculator after that. Ooh. Would you guess it? ZJ the Ball Calculator was a fully functioning calculator. And to get the <laughs> Platinum Trophy, you actually had to do certain types of math problems. So, like, there was a trophy that was like, do a math problem that results in a number that has three digits in it. Ooh. Like, I was honestly quite impressed by the level of cerebrality that I had to apply to this one. <laughs> uh, and then after that, I'm just going to speedball through all these because there are too many to count. We played Pretty Bird, the original. Uh, we played the Pigeon Quiz, the Italian Journey, uh, the Jumping Pizza, the Penguin, the Italian Child, the Italian uh, Halloween Candy Fun, and finally, uh, Cump Jump or Coomp Jump, uh, spelled Q U M P Jump. That's what I do on a Saturday night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cump Jump. <laughs> Jump. Oh man, Christ. that's gonna be our sign off tonight. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's I fantastic! Mean, uh, yeah, God bless you, Alex. Help the, those the, kids out by uh, playing those awful games. The thing is, is like I, I want to say for the record, like. I know that these all seem like the kind of games that I would, you know, down on just an average Saturday night. I actually like. At some point in the past, I made a kind of nonverbal agreement agreement with myself that I wouldn't just play these games nilly willy. That I would only save them for like a special occasion or when I'm really depressed and need a pick me up. And I figured, you know what? 
for the big beautiful kids for extra life i'll put my trophy uh honor on the line i guess i don't know if anyone <laughs> even considers having trophies honorable in the first place and get not anymore that. yeah i guess not anymore <laughs> <sighs> That's I'll give you credit for us. Comp jump, comp jump. Yeah, <laughs> I'll give you some credit for that one. Uh, I do also want to real quick mention in between playing all those games on my live stream, I did also uh, check out Rayman Legends, uh, Hades, the PlayStation Four version of Control, and Ratchet and Clank 2016. Rayman Legends, and actually, no, I'd played. I'd actually previously played Rayman Legends on the Wii U when it came out. That game's mm. interesting because on the Wii U, there's like a bunch of like touch functionality that you originally did with the Wii U gamepad. So you'd come across a rope and you'd have to like physically drag your finger across the screen to cut the rope. Uh, but I played the PlayStation 4 version and in that version of the game, they just simplified it so that you just like hold down a button. And honestly, it makes the experience feel not quite as special as it could have been. Also, the levels in that game really 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 long i remember around that exact same period of time i also remember playing donkey kong country tropical freeze and kind of having the same reaction to mm. it of like these games levels are just way too long they need to shorten them by like 33 percent or so uh but other than that that game was fun uh control i already platinum that game last year and it's playstation 4 version while not as good running as the PlayStation 5 version is still pretty solid. Uh, Hades, a game I dropped off of, but I had fun playing it for like the couple of hours I did on stream. Ratchet and Clank 2016 was my first time playing that game actually, uh, ever, uh, after only previously having played like a bunch of the other Ratchet and Clank games and only playing uh, Rift Apart to completion last year. And gotta say a lot of fun there don't love the framing device of it being like this game based on a movie based on a game because i feel like there are a bunch of moments where it feels like captain quark's narration kind of distracts from some of the more tender moments that the story of that game could have gotten into but overall pretty fun don't know if any of these games are games i'm gonna complete before the end of the year because i think there are a couple of games that are going to require my full attention a little bit more uh, but I had fun with all of them. Why in particular were you playing the PS4 version of Control again? Was it just a separate trophy list? That's purely why. I had already okay. completely platinum gotten all the trophies in the PlayStation 5 version, and I figured, you know what, why not jump back into the PlayStation 4 version, you know, get another platinum under my belt. I already got 28 from these other oh, games. Might as well can you transfer your pack. Can you transfer your save? Because I remember I, P I platinum the PS4 version when it came out. But I don't think I, I ever you know, played the PS5 I, version. Honestly, I didn't actually even look into that. I probably, I, I reason I probably should, because that would actually make things real quick, although probably not as, you know, satisfying. Um, I'm going to look into that. Either way, that game, real fun. I, I'd forgotten how good that game was. What is this Return of the Mammalians? Right. So that's the other thing that I've been up to over the course of the past two weeks uh, that I did not get into uh, on my stream. Uh, Splatoon 3, as you know, came out, what is it, like a month or so ago? Like a month and a mm. half ago? It's been out for a little while now. Nevertheless, I have been itching to return to it so that I could complete its single player campaign, which is called Return of the Mammalians. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, that right there is 
a really, really good single player campaign. It combines a lot of the like fantastic design work that we've seen in the past in games like Super Mario Odyssey, Sunshine, uh, and other you know acclaimed Nintendo platformers. And it does so in the honestly just really adorable and lovely kind of aesthetic of the Splatoon series. I will say though, I will say this. I don't love the fact that so much of the campaign feels like it is so beholden to the multiplayer side of things. There are so many levels where it's like, hey, for this level in particular, you're given this specific kind of splat brush or like splat special ability. You got to complete the entire level using this particular ability and all the obstacles you're going to encounter are all based around this ability's strengths and weaknesses. And usually the ensuing level is real good. But once I get to the end of that, I'm like, oh, man. This did kind of feel like a very elaborate, high-budget tutorial for this particular item or ability. This felt like a training course for what I ultimately will get to experience in the meat of Splatoon 3, aka the, the multiplayer side of things. And coming out of it, I kind of felt myself feeling, you know, th this is still one of my favorite video game experiences thus far of the year 2022. Uh, it'll probably rank decently high uh, on my like personal top 10 games of the year list. But going forward, I would really love to see Nintendo take a stab at a Splatoon video game that is not at all beholden to any sort of multiplayer mode, a like purely focused Splatoon single player experience. Because so, like, recently, the, the single-player campaign for uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, the new one, came out. And it seems like, by all accounts, in, in terms of gameplay, it's very kind of like a by-the-numbers experience, not really doing a whole lot of new stuff that we haven't seen before. And yet, just looking at videos and screenshots of that game on social media, there is no denying that that game is a beaut and cinematically really top-notch in terms of its sheer production values and just playing Splatoon 3 it was like man I would love to see a Splatoon 3 campaign that takes off of the you know sheer production values and cinematic quality of something like a Modern Warfare 2. I know that the Switch obviously can't handle graphics like that one European city that was being shared all over social media like a week ago but like there's real potential here in this series in terms of its single player offerings. And I feel like it's being held back by always kind of feeling like it's playing second fiddle to its multiplayer offerings. Um, yeah. But again, I really enjoyed it. And I had a hell of a time completing After Alteria, which is sort of like the, I feel like it's become very common nowadays in a lot of Nintendo games to have the final reward for the player be like a big gauntlet uh, of a level. Like for example, in Super Mario Odyssey, you have the dark side of the moon and the darker side of the moon. This is basically the darker side of the moon for Splatoon 3's single player campaign. I'm not joking when, it's, when I say that, like it turned from bright out to dark out trying to complete this thing but i did it literally <laughs> hours before this podcast and i am all the more happy because for managing to do it even though my only reward for doing so was a pair of bare headphones i think or something like that <laughs> no trophies there no no trophies which shows you how much i appreciated it that i felt yeah. like completing it even though there was no platinum at the end of the stick that's cool you would love to see like a six hour Let's actually put some money into this thing, but I guess we'll see what Splatoon 4 comes out on Switch 2 in four years. We'll figure out what to do <laughs> with that one. 
if they bring another one up. Uh, hey, Chad, what have you yeah. been doing? Oh, God, I'm gassy. Oh, man. <laughs> that was a good one. Chad, be careful. Going by past trends, he's probably going to burp real loud a couple seconds from now just when you're getting in the swing of things. So be very um, careful. Uh, I'll just uh, briefly mention here, coming off of that, the COD Modern Warfare 2, played a little bit of that multiplayer. I was in Rhode Island with the boys this week, and there were a couple times when we were like, hey, we have like an hour to kill. We're sitting couch co-op and we're just not co-op, but sitting on the couch. And Brent had bought Modern Warfare 2, so we downloaded it on a couple different PS5s and just passed the controller. Like, someone plays a match, pass the controller to somebody else, they play a match, and we just ruin someone's KD ratio. And <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'll be honest, it looked great. It it was fun, played great, and it's uh, I can't tell the difference between it and all the other multiplayers. So I won't, I won't spend money on it, but I enjoyed what I played. It's a fun, well-made game. You know what I like to hear about that, Chad? What's that? Because I believe it's nice that it feels good because I believe Warzone 2 comes out in a week. That's right. That's right. Mm. <clears throat> That's what I'm excited I have to beat, for. I have to beat. I have to beat Horizon Forbidden West the week of Thanksgiving. No, and then after I beat that, it. it's it's Warzone time. You're not going to do it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Stop it. Don't you put that voodoo out there. <laughs> Um, while we were there, we also had like an hour and a half to kill, so we started a game called DPA Hoe, which for those who are unfamiliar, that's the Dark Pictures Anthology, House of Ashes. Oh, okay. This was, uh, you know, Dark Pictures Anthology, it's the people who made Until Dawn and who are making, who made The Quarry, but this is like their, not episodic, but like smaller scope games all within the Dark Pictures Anthology. Uh, this is one that I had completely forgotten came out. I didn't even know what the premise was when we started it up, but I, I had bought like a collection pack of it and we just needed to kill some time. So we passed the controller back and forth. Dallas, Dallas and I did for about an hour and a half. And I will have to tell you that uh, I was bored. I was bored. Oh, <laughs> hour and a half into this game. And it's just like, there's so little going on. And then finally, after that like hour and a half mark, we're like, okay, some things are starting to happen in this. But I was just like so bored by these character relationships and, and the people, and there's no like spookiness going on. It's just a bunch of people doing some operation in Iraq, and you're not taking control much of them. You're just like watching things happen, and occasionally make. It was, I was I was bored compared to what I had seen in the quarry, and what I played in Until Dawn, and even what I'd played of uh, Dark Pictures, Man of Medan. So, who knows if I'll get back to that one? Maybe maybe it's different if we play. You know, Man of Medan had this like you play two different perspectives almost if you're playing mm -hmm. remotely online with somebody. So maybe we'll pick that back up remotely and see if doesn't uh, doesn't Devil's Rejects come out pretty soon? The season one finale yeah. of the one of the Devil's, Devil's Rejects? Rejects. That is a no, Robin no, no, no. movie. Devil Inside? No, not Devil, Devil something. Inside? Devil Inside. That's I, not, think. I think it's another movie. But something, yeah, yeah. The last one is like either out now or it, or it's coming out very very soon or something. Mm -hmm. Um. What is SOA? Oh, Sparks of Hope. So, yeah, I was on a, a bunch of planes. Devil, it's devil in me. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. So, I played more Mario Rabbit Sparks of Hope. I have beat the first island now, cleansed the lighthouse. Um, I still, Alex, I have no idea what your experience on yours because I, like, I've been more aware of it than ever trying to look for performance hiccups and I can't find anything. Um, so, I'm, Here's the I'm thing. enjoying it a ton. I'm 100% going to get back to it at some point. Thing is, is at this point in the year, there are enough quality games still coming out that I got to get to that yeah. 
I'm not unjustified in saying, you know what, I'm just going to focus on these games and irregardless of whether there are or are not problems right now in Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope, I don't think that there's, I'm at all at fault in just holding off on it until next year, giving it another shot then. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I probably won't beat it this year. It's definitely my, my plane game or, or like I'm, I need to wait for something and I have my switch around for some reason because I brought it at a time. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm still having a good time. If it's if you played the first one, you know you're familiar with the characters already. You're familiar with their skill trees. You know how the game works. It's just got some added flair to it and some new mechanics with the sparks and that kind of stuff. So having a good old time with that still. Um, here's another fun thing. So Marvel Snap, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Actually, here going back further, Inscription inspired me to like I need I, I want to get back into a card game, and then. Marvel Snap came out, and I said, ooh, this is a good card game. And then, as we all ooh. heard two weeks ago, I played that for, like, a 1,000 hours straight. And I said, okay, I'm done with this now. I can't play against my friends. 75% of who I'm playing against are bots. The progression's not there anymore now that I, unless I buy a bunch of shit. So I, uh, this week, went back to an old friend, Magic the Gathering. I used to play a ton of that in, like, late middle school and high school. And uh, so I downloaded the app, Magic the Gathering Arena. And it is scratching that itch, y'all. Magic the Gathering Arena, scratching that itch. I'm loving it. There's there's a constant progression. I'm unlocking, you know, like Marvel Snap, you'd unlock a card every couple of matches. Whereas this one, I'm unlocking a booster pack full of cards or an entire deck full of shit that's already arranged. And it's it's just so good. And everyone I'm playing against is real, and I can tell it, which is great. It's perfect. I'm having a grand old time with it. There are obviously, you can pay for season passes and booster packs and all that kind of shit, but I am uh, I'm very, very into it now. I'm playing at least a few matches a day. Um, and then eventually, I know Matt plays, Matt is picking back up the app. He plays the cards anyway. So we're going we're gonna to be able to play together, which is dope, which I know is coming to Marvel Snap, which we'll get into in a little bit. But I feel like this is like, it's Marvel Slap, Snap for adults is what I feel like it is. It's like the grown-up version of it. It's just like there. It's more complex. There's Marvel Snap is. Here's what I'll say. Marvel Snap is the simplified version of Man. It's the on-the-go, one-handed, on your phone version of Magic the Gathering. Gotcha. You're obviously a card dork, and it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> but we all know the true, you know, the true artisan card game is Yu-Gi-Oh. Let's be honest, right now. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh is funny where the Thespians play. I never played Yu-Gi-Oh. I never even. I watched like a couple episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh. I know what what a blue eyes white dragon is, mm. but I uh, yeah I never played. What Yu-Gi-Oh. is it? I had I had poke. Don't <laughs> don't push me on it. It's a it's a good card. Um, but uh, yeah, I had Pokemon cards. I was I actually bought Dallas's kid Pokemon cards for his birthday, and he was like, "Is he old enough?" And I was like, "Listen, at his age, I had Pokemon cards. I didn't know how to play, and I threw away all the energy cards because they weren't Pokemon, and I threw away yep. all the items because they weren't Pokemon. And then we just made up rules, and they just looked cool. So I was like, he- he'll enjoy it. Had him. a good time. So you know, uh, Adam, but I never. Played I think Yu-Gi-Oh. you might be. I think you might be correct about Yu-Gi-Oh because uh, spoilers ahead for Inscription. At the end of that game, Yu-Gi-Oh comes into play during one of the final sequences of that game. Mm. Yu-Gi-Oh is in that game, <laughs> and magic is nowhere to be seen. Oh, so shit. you were moved, Chad. That's what they said in Yu-Gi-Oh on the show. I was moved, or I was removed. Is that what you said? Yo, move! Oh, you're moved. Got it. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wait, oh yeah, on. and then we played Destiny. Chad, we played Destiny. Hold on. Did you did you legitimately not realize the part of the game where they incorporated Yu Gi Oh into it? I I don't think I did. If he didn't play Yu Gi Oh, he wouldn't have known. Yeah. Uh, good point. Good point. All right. Well, I guess <laughs> that'll have to be something that will forever fly over your head. Go right go over his head. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that there are people online that will explain it to you if you need. Is to it look your into move? Because that. that sounds familiar. That one of the characters screamed. No, I was just singing the song uh, of the okay, TV show. Okay. <laughs> um. Then my last thing, yeah, playing Destiny Two. We talked a couple weeks ago about my gripes with the the event, the Festival of the Lost event that's on right now. I was gone for a week and a half, and now I'm back, and the event ends Tuesday, and I have to play. 23 more of those haunted lost sectors before Tuesday morning. So in the next 36 hours, I, I even worked out like the time. It takes me nine minutes to beat one. I have to do mm -hmm. 23. It's going to take me 230 minutes, which is about four hours. So four hours of nothing but lost sectors over the next 36. Fun, fun, fun. I, I read, a, I read a Bloomberg fun. article that is like, here's what's wrong with Destiny's events. And it's like, all of them are, here's a really cool event. And you run it a few times. You're like, man, this is this is really cool. And and it's a cool twist on things. And it's fun. And then they make you run it until you absolutely hate it. And you have to do it mm -hmm. so many times. It's like, yeah, that sounds like them right now. That's a, that's a problem sounds they've right. got. That's it. Cool. All right. I did play some more Marvel Snap. I had to go to the mall today. Not a thing that I ever do because I don't enjoy the mall. But I was like, let me get about fucking 15 games of Marvel Snap in while I'm here. <laughs> had a great time. The season's about to end. Two more days. By the time this will come out, there'll be a new season or a new month of new card battle pass. So I'm not going to get miles or anything, but uh, we'll see. But I like it. It's really fun. If you don't play for 40 hours straight, I think you'll really enjoy the Marvel Snap. So <laughs> yeah, don't I, be I like Chad. Don't do that. Um, Bond here, Cult of the Lamb. Went through that a little Ooh. bit. We, we were off for two or a week. Um. I haven't really played a ton in that meantime, just, you know, grinding out some more Destiny. We played more Cult of the Lamb. Got to a point where I've maxed out the village building stuff. There's some weird glitch I had where basically I got unlimited currency. Um, I don't know if it's a glitch or it's just a build or I have unlimited currency in every um, thing unlocked for the village. So now I just got to run through the, through the dungeons and kill everything. So I'll probably finish up there pretty soon. But Cult of the Lamb, awesome game. I was happy to get back to that. And they had some kind of event, but I didn't pay any attention. You use pumpkins to do a blood moon or something? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and the last thing is just um, Star Wars Andor. If you haven't been watching it, or if you mm. only watched the first couple of episodes and stopped, uh, everyone should watch Star Wars Andor. It's like adult fucking Star Wars. It's all like conversation and writing. I mean, there is action stuff, but it's not like people are like, this is too kitty. This is just pulp action. It's the same thing. And this is like, well, what if like, I don't know. What if like, you know, Breaking Bad was a fucking Star Wars show? I wouldn't say it's like that exactly, but it's very much like adult conversations and fucking like real situations. Very good dialogue is what it is. Okay. And uh, okay. I'll just say Andy Serkis showed up and I was like, fucking hell yeah. And he's fucking awesome. And yeah, I saw everybody blowing up about Andy Serkis on Twitter. He's a good actor. You know that guy? Play golf? Yeah. Yeah. Very good. He makes actor. good monkeys. He makes phenomenal monkeys. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Andy Serkis is so fucking good. That's a great show. Like that, the the arc we're on right now, it's just like a normal ass situation. And it's like, oh God, everything's fucked up. So you're just seeing everything from like a bureaucratic level. It's like, oh yeah, the Empire are just fucking a bunch of Nazis 
that have control of everything and everyone's happy to give them control. It's fucking crazy. It's good. Anyways, uh, speaking of things that are awesome and in control, time for a segment from Adam. Segment from Adam. Segment from Adam. When wow. we come back, very good, of course. Thank when you. we come back, can you do the Ave Maria, but just segment from Adam version <laughs> of it? Segment from Adam. Do I watch the wow. Batman once in a while? Maybe I do. Uh, <laughs> so this segment, I actually have two segments today. We'll get to the other one later. This one is, we we just did playtime. We're talking about games we played, right? This is, I'm going to name this segment, Games Y'all Need to Play. So, <laughs> is it just immortality? <laughs> no, it's not just immortality. <laughs> Uh, so basically, we have for our barf polls, we have games that we need to play by the end of the year. Chad's mm -hmm. saying he's going to play Horizon by Thanksgiving. You're not. Um, but I thought <laughs> outside of our poll, because remember, at the end of every, I mean, I have that segment here this week. I've been keeping track of like what's the best on Metacritic. So I want to break down now that we're very close at the end and we're going to have a conversation. Like what's on the backlog? What actually needs to be played for game of the year stuff? There are stuff from November that I, I'm not going to talk about because it's not out yet, obviously. Like, you know. But anyways. Uh, so for Game of the Year, seems like we have a, a handful of contenders left. So basically coming out, which could be potentials, like God of War, Somerville, Callisto Protocol, Midnight Suns, obviously. Let's not even be silly. Of course that's on there. But that's basically it for the rest of the year, which I see as contenders. I keep oh, forgetting Callisto uh, Pro Protocol is coming. Yeah. Did you say the Final Fantasy game? Final Fantasy Seven, the remake Crisis of the Core PSP game. Remake. Yeah. There we go. Nope. Because I'm gonna make sure to play that one. <laughs> I mean, y'all have fun. I yeah. will fight you Hell about yeah. that being on Game of the Year list. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, but I have a quick question for both of you guys. Uh, why did you guys put what you put on your poll specifically? Again, we're just talking about backlogs and your stuff. For what you put on your poll, why did you choose that stuff? I'll start with Alex. Uh, hold on. I just need to pull back up my list again. Oh wait. Hold on, Chad, do you have it? Yeah. Your list is Horizon Forbidden West, The Quarry, Live Alive, and Sonic Frontiers. Right, right. Okay, so all these games that I had been thinking about getting around to at some point or another, but I did not feel as passionately about as some of the other games I'm planning on taking care of later this year, like the Final Fantasy VII uh, remake game, for example, Adam. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> in the case of, you know, Live Alive, for example, I like some good old JRPGs every now and then, and I heard that that game wasn't overly long, and so I figured, you know, that would add a good bit of diversity to the pool of games I played this year while not taking a huge chunk of time out of me. Uh, the Quarry, that game, so like, around halfway through the year, I kind of looked up like what are like the most well-reviewed, well-liked games uh, of the year so far. And I was shocked to see like so many disparate different outlets put Quarry as like one of their favorite games of the year so far. It was kind of like, wow, like I feel like it's not often that you see games uh, kind of like pop up on so many lists across so many outlets. So that must mean that it did something right. Um, Horizon Forbidden West, uh, I've not really played like a super big open world-ish RPG like that uh, as of recent, and I figured, you know what, might as well kind of toss my hat in there. The original Horizon was a game that I enjoyed for what little time I played of it. Uh, I've been meaning to come back to it, figured might as well give a shot at that. And Sonic Frontiers, I mean... I'm actually of of, all, of the four games. I'm kind of I'm kind of glad that that's the one that 
curried most people most people's favor because I actually think I am most uh in line with the overall vibe look feel and gameplay of Sonic uh than any of the four games I listed but you know it is also Sonic so yeah <laughs> could be game I'm we'll really see. I'm so excited that Sonic Frontiers won for you because I'm really excited I'm uh, I know Sonic games are bad so and every yeah, time I we, see a trailer for one, I'm like, that looks bad. But then this most recent trailer that came out a couple days ago, I was like, oh, shit, this might be good. And I'm really so curious to see your take on it. W- we didn't formally say this, but yeah, we're, we're deciding on this podcast the uh, games that each of y'all voted for each of us to play. And Sonic Frontiers won out for me, which surprised me a little bit. I do wonder how many people voted for it, specifically did it kind of for the memes or for the lulls. But I will still gladly play it, whether it is... Uh, a shit can or in the bag, you know? <laughs> I voted for Live Alive, I'll just say. Uh, Chad, what did you put on your poll and why? Um, so my game... I, I have a list of games that mm-hmm. I feel guilty about not playing before the end of the year. And that, you know, includes Horizon Forbidden West, which is infamous. Like, I promise I'll get to it, but I never get to it. That includes, like, Cult of the Lamb, things I want to get to. Like, there are games that I want to play for Game of the Year that I feel guilty about. And then there's this list of games, which are games that I've heard people really enjoy and that I might enjoy as well, that like I'm comfortable getting to them in a year or two. But if there's something that y'all wanted me to consider for this year, this is where that game would like slot itself in. So that's what all of these, that's the theme between all of these. Sifu uh, was in there because people were calling it like a basically a Dark Souls fighting game. And I was like, oh, that, sound, that, that challenge sounds like it's right up my alley and it could be pretty short too. Um, I love a good narrative, like storytelling game. So as dusk falls, fits right in there. Hopefully, something that I could like pass the controller back and forth with a friend. I love that kind of stuff, like couch co-op with somebody. Immortality is uh, some game that somebody keeps telling me to play all the time. That shouldn't have know, been on that list, is what I'll say. You should just play it. You know, <laughs> well, that's fine. So, so that's on there. Uh, it did not win. It did not win. So I might not play it this year. Just I'm, I'm going to make time for it. Uh, and then a Plague Tale Requiem. I really like a Plague Tale Innocence. Uh, I, I liked it a lot. I don't know if I liked it enough to make me want to play Requiem as a game of the year consideration. But like, if y'all wanted me to, that's that's why it's in there. But yeah, for me, uh, it was overwhelmingly Sifu. So I am playing mm-hmm. Sifu for Barf Very in cool. November, December. Uh, I haven't looked at the poll, so I have no idea what I'm supposed to be playing. Uh, but really quick, though. So we were just going to go Oh, yeah, sorry, you did mention Seafoil, which is good, because I wanted to play that, and I just decided not to play it, but it's good uh, that I am. So, this is is for our last case. Again, we're going to play the games that you voted for us to play. We're going to get to our Game of the Year stuff. Here is the list. I just went on Metacritic, and these are the best-reviewed games to list up until I hit the bottom of 85. Of things that haven't come out yet, of course. Like, God of War is already on there, but technically doesn't come out yet. Whatever. Uh, So these, if you just have one word or, like, a, a sentence or two to say on it, then yes, we'll just keep going on. These are things that apparently should be considered as well. Elden Ring. Both of you need to finish Elden Ring. I don't... Chad, I know you started it. You really need to finish Elden Ring by the end of the year. I'm telling you, there is a, there is a turn. <laughs> Adam, I can't like, do shit. that. This I is can't, the best game of all time. I can't spend 40, 50 more hours on Elden Ring when I have to beat God of War, Callisto Protocol, Crisis Core, Horizon Forbidden West, Sifu, and all of long. Destiny again. Well, here's the thing. Cut out Destiny. <laughs> You're not going to play Horizon, so don't worry about it. I'm just telling you. Elden Ring is great. I didn't. I was the number one Elden Ring hater, and then a fucking I turned a fucking corner, 
And I got on my skateboard and I'm like, holy shit, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> I'm just telling you, there is a point where you're like, you're going to really get it. Like you're like, you're, you're probably at, at that point where you're like, this is a good game. There comes a point yeah. where you're like, holy shit, this is special. Just saying. Alex, I have no idea if you're going to play Elden Ring or not, but you should. I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Adam. Should I play Elden Ring or should I play Pokemon Scarlet slash Violet, which uh, I think oh, just came out. out. Apparently, there is a new Pokemon in the game called Flamigo, as in Flamingo, but it's your Amigo. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, well, that's a good, a good case spot. right there. Oh, man. For how we're doing, for how we're doing game of the year, that's fine that you play Pokemon because we need someone to speak on it. I'm just saying, I didn't think I was not a believer, and then I p- played Elden Ring, became on Lord, and I'm a believer. Uh, Cuphead DLC. It's just unfortunately oh, there are only so many there are only so many weeks left in the year. I, uh, if if I if I see an opening for it, I'll get into it. I will say like r- real quick at the mm-hmm. end of last year, I decided at the very tail end to finally check out Deathloop. It was like getting real late in the year and that game absolutely hooked me at the last minute. So, who knows what yeah. could happen? Possible. Cuphead DLC, I think Chaz has played it again. I'm just going based off of Metacritic. I I know that I didn't. It didn't win my vote, but I, I'm going to try to play it just for any game of the year, if anything else. Uh, Rogue Legacy Two. You guys should all play that for any game of the year or overall game of the year. The game's freaking really good. Neon White. We need to find someone to play Neon White because everyone's horny for this game and it reviewed very well. <laughs> I don't think any of us have give a shit about Neon White, but apparently it's I good. might. I might pick it up if it's if it's not the longest thing ever. I might give it a shot just at Big the same. end there. Uh, this is so funny how high on the list that this game is. Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I don't think we're going to have a single person on our Game of the Year panel who's played this video game. No. Nope. Uh, but it's rates so high on Metacritic, it's crazy. And I don't want to invest 200 hours to figure out if it's good, because I don't give a shit. I, I know there are many people out there who will say, oh, you don't need to play Xenoblade Chronicles 1 or 2 to fully appreciate Xenoblade Chronicles 3. But, like, as someone who's been a lifelong Nintendo fan, as somebody who purchased the original version of Xenoblade Chronicles 1 that released on the Wii, played six hours six hours of it, thought, oh man, this is pretty good, and never came back to it. I feel like I owe it to the series to play 1 and 2 before I get around to 3. And for that reason, there is no way in hell I'm going to play it before the game's not going to get on any of our list. It is what yep. it is. Sorry, Nintendo fans. <sighs> come on the podcast and fucking help us figure our game of the year if you care that much. Uh, <laughs> jump. The, yeah, come jumps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Immortality and Tunic, you need to play that, I think, for any game of the year at all, as well as our overall game of the years. Just telling you guys that right now. Oh, uh, yeah, I gotta finish uh, Tunic. Yeah. Yeah, Tunic as well. Horizon? Here's the thing about Horizon. I've played Horizon. I've reviewed Horizon for us. Chad will get to it or he won't. Alex will get to it or he won't. I think it's important to play it, but I, it feels like with the first Horizon came out that this game is good and it probably deserves to be in our top game. It's zero chance of winning. Like oh, the yeah. minute I stopped Especially, playing it for review, yeah. I've never thought about it again. Yeah, not once. So, I mean, maybe other people think different. That's how Adam's thinking about it right now. If we were, <laughs> if we did game of the year right now, I'm like, I guess put it in the top eight for a bracket. But honestly, I don't think it's getting after round one. Uh, but yeah, after that, we're getting the upper eighties in indie games. I'm just saying, these are things to pay attention to, guys. Um, some research, Google inter- internet research. Neon mm-hmm. White is about eleven and a half hours to beat. Yeah. Um, Control's PS4 version save does not transfer to the PS5 because they run very different versions of the engine. That's it. Those That's are the Google just research. Two completely okay. different Google searches. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Awesome. But anyway, oh, that's sorry. Like, third, third Google, third Google <laughs> research. Um, Flamigo looks fun. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, Flamigo right now. Looks pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Neon White would be a great game to play on my Switch if I was going on like a big trip towards the end of the year, which I might actually end up going on. But like, yeah, th unfortunately, that's been a problem with a lot of these Switch games. Uh, is that because I'm just not traveling as much? I kind of really have to force myself to play them. And I did that for Splatoon 3. But yeah, it's I'll, I'll make an effort. I'll make an effort. All right. Just very no good. guarantees. You know what Flamigo yeah, should have been? Sorry. <laughs> Flamigo should have been ahead. like an alternate version of Doduo and Dodrio. Like it should have been the mm. Galarian or Alolan or whatever the new form mm. is. That's what a hundred percent. And you should have had a, a two-headed flamingo and a three-headed flamingo. And it should have been Doflingo and this Do flamingo Flin looks like Drua. a balloon flamingo. Hmm. To me, I don't know. Nintendo, Anyways, hire me. Uh, yeah, right. Give me the money, Pokemon Company. Uh, we're getting late, but thankfully our stories are very easy to get through. Uh, CD Projekt Red bring back an old friend. Brings brings back bring 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 brings back an old friend. Bring, See, that's my bring. my AI glitching. Andy Robinson at VGC. <laughs> uh, CD Projekt Red has announced a full fledged remake of the original The Witcher game uh, has entered production. According to the company, the remake will be rebuilt from the ground up in Unreal Engine Five. It's currently in the early stages of uh, development at the Polish studio Fool's Theory, where veteran Witcher series staff are involved. CD Projekt Red is providing full creative support. It has been confirmed that this remake is the same title that was announced earlier this month as Canis Majoris. So now we Which know when they gave us the big weed. <laughs> Does it? No, Canis Majoris. Canis, sorry. <laughs> I don't speak Latin. It's fine. Uh, it's still early. We want to ensure the game is created with the utmost care and attention to detail. Therefore, uh, while we're excited to share the news with you, we want to ask you for patience as it will be a while until we start talking about this project in detail, the company said. So, one of the things announced Here's, for Witcher is a full Fred remake of the first one. Canis Majoris means big dog. Mm. Well, technically, Canis Major is a Latin name for greater dog in contrast okay. to Canis Minor, which is lesser dog, and those are both constellations. Ah, you know who, what a big dog is? Is a wolf. And guess what? Wolf, School wolf. of Witcher Geralt is. Is a wolf. Uh huh. Uh huh. Canis, canine. So, get it? I get it. I understand. Uh, any any feelings on this? Cool, awesome. First of all, it's hard to play this old ass video game, so thank you for remaking right. it, so I can enjoy an old ass video game new. And like six people play it, so yeah, it's all about that Witcher yeah. Two, Witcher Three life. And yeah, I I won't I won't play this. I think it's gonna be great. I, it, Witcher Three wasn't for me, therefore I think the original game that spawned that series also won't be for me. It's gonna it's gonna look new, it's gonna look great, but it's gonna have old ass witcher roots and it's just not for me hate to see it uh Alex to watch is busy walk away. with an intruder so i guess we'll move on to our next <laughs> it's not intruder <laughs> at all i'm just kidding uh ea and marvel are making three what fucking Alex video did games get fucking like breaking and entering like somebody like busting his house on stream oh i'd be God. terrified i'll be honest it, with you it'd be pretty terrifying i i have thought about that uh Luckily for you guys, I have all sorts of weapons hidden around my basement that I could go to at a moment's notice. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking about tree. that. I'm joking, oh. but I bet I bet if I pulled out the PlayStation Move controllers, they'd be real confused, and I could use that moment to <laughs> Is momentarily it a knock it out. <laughs> great, great. Uh, Why is it glowing uh, like that? 
Why is it got a button nose? Uh, EA and Marvel are making three <laughs> fucking video games from Ryan Dinsdale at IGN.com. That dirty mouth Ryan mouth. Dinsdale. God, dirty mm. mouth Ryan Dinsdale. Dirty boy. Uh, Marvel has entered an agreement with EA to make at least three action-adventure video games based on Marvel Comics. As reported by Bloomberg, the deal will begin with the previously announced Iron Man game from EA Motive, with all three games coming to console and PC. Though details about what's coming after Iron Man are still thin, each game will feature its own original story set in the Marvel Universe. Quote, we have an intentional, deliberate strategy to have a balanced portfolio, said Chief Operating Officer Laura Mealy. Mela? Sounds good. I think that's Malala. There will, <laughs> there will be Marvel fans who don't play other EA games. Nothing about a release schedule or single versus multiplayer focus was mentioned earlier, though we do know that EA Motive's Iron Man game is a single-player action-adventure game. So, EA's doing three. Should mm. be cool, I hope. Yeah. Marvel's definitely yeah, putting in work. I'm hoping they've learned their lesson with, you know, a few years ago when they're like, one, we don't want to remake games. And two, we don't want single player games. No one plays those. No, and then look at Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and people are like. <laughs> so it looks like Laura is speaking for EA when they've changed their strategy. We have a deliberate strategy now for a balanced portfolio. We don't want everything to just be multiplayer shit. So uh, I'm I'm I am hopeful for this. I hope they've learned their lesson. Yeah, I mean, I love EA Motive. Everything that they've done so far has been really, really fun and really good. So, yeah, give it to EA Motive and let Respawn make a Marvel game because they just put out nothing but bangers. Yeah. I'm down for it. We can do that. God, a Respawn Alex, are you back Marvel from game. your invader? Do I <laughs> certainly am, and I set my lighting back to the way it previously was. So let's move on. Okay, very good. Uh, oh, look at this. A potential game of the year gets a DLC roadmap. It's Jordan <gasps> Miller at VGC. What? Jordan Miller's what? words, what? not Adam's. <laughs> <laughs> Marvel's Midnight Sun Season Pass will add several new characters that's been announced. Wait, uh, is that game coming out this year? December 2nd, baby. Wow. wow Same as Callisto. Callisto, my protocol, daddy. Isn't that 12th? No, High on Life is the 12th. That's what like, I'm thinking of. For the record, no shade towards the studio behind this game. No shade towards Marvel Midnight Suns, you know, very specific, a little bit more niche genre, but... Yeah, completely slipped my mind. Yeah. Because it kept getting delayed. I understand. They delayed it like three times, but December 2nd. Uh, Marvel's Midnight Suns. Let's see. Morbius, Deadpool, Venom, and Storm will be added to the game as playable characters post-release. Fucking Morbius, guys. We're in a world. Hold on. Hold on. I mean, Morbius, he memed himself into, into like, popularity. Every release in theaters. Yeah. 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 Fucking that movie got re-released because it was such a bad movie and it was memed so hard. And so, like, of course, they're going to release him as a playable character in this game. Absolutely. Morbius was also originally to... on the Midnight Suns team. So that's just probably why he's in there. Go ahead, Alex. I'm trying to look up like footage or any images that we have of Morbius's design in this game. Oh, there. there I, found... I think if you click on the on the link, there is just oh, really? uh, art, just just artwork of him, like in a Midnight Sun suit. I'm Does not sure. look like Jared Leto. <laughs> okay. I'm sure that, yes, okay. Morbius being on the original team has something to do with it. But you know Marvel, when they plan these, game, these games, they're thinking about the synergy. Like, for instance, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 didn't have any X-Men in it because Marvel didn't mm -hmm. own Fox at the time. And they're like, well, if you're not going to give us the X-Men in the films, you're not going to have them in the games. And we're going to end yeah. some comic runs, too, for Fantastic Four because y'all won't give us the movie rights to that, so you can't have comics anymore. So, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah these people are definitely playing into that synergy of, like, Morbius is a meme, we're going to sell more uh, season pat or post-release DLC if we have Morbius in it, of course. 
Yeah, and Storm. That's also good to have Marksman there. By the way, yeah, Deadpool. Maybe we'll have a Storm movie. Oh, that'd be cool. What? Deadpool is voiced by Nolan North, uh, like in the classic Deadpool game oh, from fucking 2013. Yeah. And he, when he, when he introduced the DLC, he did say it's Morbin time when he talked about Morbius. So, very good. Straight. Hell yeah. Very good. <laughs> in addition to these heroes and their respective new abilities, uh, each of these four post-long DLC packs include... Included in the uh, season pass will include new story missions, an upgrade for the Abbey in-game base, and a selection of new skins and outfits. Season pass also includes the legendary premium pack, which gives you a bunch of skins. Uh, Spider-Man, Demon, Spider-Skin, Iron Man, Iron Knight, blah, blah, blah. So, Marvel's Midnight Suns, we know what DLC we're getting coming out. Very good. Potential game of the year, according to Jordan Midler. Uh, Marvel Snap Updates. Cameron Koch at GameSpot. It's the last story of the day. Uh, so Chad said, oh, I don't want to pl- play Magic because I can play with Dallas and we can play Magic <laughs> together. Not not Yu-Gi-Oh, which is the better card game, but you'll be able to play with your friends soon in Marvel Snap. Uh, Battle Mode will be coming to Marvel Snap before the end of the current calendar year, which means sometime in November, December. Uh, the mode will allow players to challenge specific players like friends as opposed to using the game's matchmaking system. The mode will bring a twist to the game's snack mechanic. In Ranked Mode, you play for points um, for rank points with the snap mechanic is like doubling down. If you play Marvel Snap, you know what it is. You click the button, you yeah. get more or less rank. This I'm uh, confused but, about this one because I felt like that was already in there. Like after you get above rank ten, like you can lose rank and you can gain rank yes. based on your you snap. You can always lose like, or gain rank. It's how it normally works, but in battle yeah. mode, that's where they're changing it. Oh, uh, battle it. mode will instead in- introduce a HP system. Each player will have ten HP. Um, with a number of, uh, of points on the line for a given match instead of affecting the player's HP pool. So basically, you know, you can lose up to eight in a match, but since you're playing against a friend, it can go longer because you're not playing for rank, you're playing for health points. Got it. So, and it's multiple rounds, it's, right? Yes, it, it goes multiple rounds because yeah. it's 10 compared to you just doing whatever. People who play the game, you understand what I'm saying. Uh, but yeah, so they're getting met, um, a new battle mode and you can play with your friends coming up very soon. So... Man, is that game going to go on my game of the year list? Is it I goating? feel like I've enjoyed it so much. I feel like I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. But maybe it's recency bias. I don't know. But that's it for the stories anyways. That is it. It is a really solid, <coughs> like, really tight, distilled down experience. It's, it's, it's a great game. It's mm-hmm. a great game. But did it have an anime where a dude wore a really tall jacket and his name was Seto Kaiba? And he was like, no. Yugi, my boy. See, that's, that's where it's at. <laughs> Yeah, no. fantastic. Uh, hey, guess what, Chad? I got another segment. Ooh. Segment from Adam. How do you do it? From Adam. So how does he do it? Segment from Adam. <laughs> segment from Adam. I, I'm not joking, Chad. Were you part of your school's like choir or something like that? He's a theater major, right? From Adam. Segment from Adam. Segment yeah. from Adam. Yes. Yes. Theater, right? Yep. Musical theater. Absolutely. This man got the pipes, baby. He's got the, the cum drop. <laughs> not, <laughs> the cum. not the cum drop. It's cum the jump. cum dump. Cum, cum jump. <laughs> no, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Cump with a P jump. Cump jump. Cump God, jump. I give it its you. Don't want Jeez. any false information around here. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, just adding to our earlier Game of the Year discussion, the right. games we need to play for the end of the year, Best Reviewed Games of the Month for October, Bayonetta 3, 88. Look at that. Best oh, Reviewed yeah. Game of the I Month. Already, we talked about that so much, and I already forgot it came out. Yeah. Um, 
but apparently very good. Maybe people need to check it out. I know Alex is probably checking it out because you were so invested. Have you have you played yeah. it yet at all? I well, you haven't talked about it yet. So here's the thing: in between uh, the original kind of voice actress controversy surrounding the game, and then some controversy surrounding some events that may or may not happen at the very end of Bayonetta 3, I actually got a little bit kind of deterred from jumping out and getting it right away. Plus, I was also like deep in the throes of completing Splatoon 3's single player Mm. campaign just when it came out. Uh, Thing about Bayonetta 3 is that by all accounts, it's, you know, kind of about the same length as Bayonetta 1 or 2, which is to say not that long at all. So I'm confident that even if I picked it up at the very tail end of the year, I could probably down it before 2022 is over. So I'm not yeah, like rushing to the store to get it. I'll get it when it's most convenient for me. Absolutely. That works out. Uh, Mario Rabbid plus Sparks of Hope, whatever, uh, 86. <laughs> uh, Plague Tale Requiem in 85. Vampire Survivors full release at an 84. By the way, Damn. we'll have to talk about this eventually for Game of the Year stuff. Because that game was in early access all last year. It came out in December of last year in early access. Just released in full release. This game's fucking fantastic. But I'm like, technically, did it come out last year? Did it come out this year? Because mm. this would go on my list. Because this game k- kicks ass. The game's fucking wonderful. I also but feel like it, re- like, it, it act- similar to Among Us, where like, Among Us was out for a long time and then it got popular. Yeah. I feel like this is like the Steam Deck game. When Steam Deck came yeah. out, oh, yeah. this got a huge boost. And everybody was playing Vampire Survivors on Steam Deck. So like, that's kind of a launch. Yeah, I mean, version 1.0, we could talk about it. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 as an 81, and Signalis an 81, which came out... It's so it's a horror game that came out two days before Halloween, but it's basically like PS1 Resident Evil, but sci-fi. Looks kind of cool. I'm mm, not going to play because okay, it's spooky, okay. but looks pretty cool. Uh, and that's the best reviewed games of the, of the month. Again, Alex, if you get to Bayonetta... Um, Maybe we can talk about that for Game of the Year. I think Plague Tale and Vampire Survivors, also potential names to keep an eye out for. But we'll get there when we get there. That's it. That brings us to Game on Game Show. The game on our game show, we play a game called Game Show Game... Shit. I fucked it up. Did you? Yeah, I'm such a cum jumper. Cum, cum, (laughs) such a cum jump. (laughs) Cum jump. Do y'all know what November marks? Specifically 13 days from now, as we record this on Sunday, November 6th. Uh-huh. Sorry, not 13, five days from now. Five days from now is the third birthday of Google Stadia. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Wonderful. it'll be three years. Technically, you cannot put any money towards Google Stadia today, but you can still play it. Which is great, and it's three years old in five days. So we're playing a game called Better Off Dead. And uh, this is going to be, I know a lot of our like quiz shows recently have been like really difficult, and there's been a lot of like, oh god, I have no idea. This one's going to be pretty easy. It's going to be a nice, easy, quick four questions. I think y'all are going to get these pretty fast. But it's just like looking back on the launch of Google Stadia three years ago and some questions around it. So when you know the right answer... Just shout it. Chad, I think it'll you're be fucking easy. insane for doing a quiz show on Google Stadia's birthday. And they literally <laughs> smothered that baby in its carriage. Like, they did. <laughs> they did. He didn't go to preschool, you know? Yeah. Question number okay. one of Better Off Dead. Which of these Stadia features actually was available at launch? 
Was it state share, where you can share your save states via a link? Was it achievements? Was it a free tier with 1080p streaming? Was it a buddy pass for free that you could give to a friend with your Founders Edition? Was it the ability to play on your TV via the Chromecast that you already have? Was it the ability to play on your iPhone? Or the oh ability to play wirelessly on a Google Pixel phone? Or the ability to pay full price for an old game on top of the subscription you were already paying to play it. The, the last the, one. The last one? That is correct. Only the last one was a feature that actually shipped on launch day for Google Stadia. We've talked about this in the past. The feature that you mentioned right at the top of that list, that was the one where when I first heard about it, I was like, okay, okay, this could actually be cool if they execute it well. Too bad they didn't. Yeah. Didn't PlayStation also have a thing where it's like games would have like little tabs and you could like, oh, do this cool boss fight. Have they done that yet either? They have the the um the cards. I forget what they call them. Yeah, I'm thinking about like the yeah, but like it'd yeah. be like, hey, jump into this thing. This is a cool part of the game. Is that a thing? Or might I don't know if it was intended to be stuff? that, but it's like it's like, oh, I want to work on this quest, and you can like go to it. It's like you're seventy five percent done with this it, quest, yeah. and I hit the button and it jumps me right to that part. I'm confusing yes. the stadia thing that never happened. That's what it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Most people don't know that PlayStation thing exists, but yes, that is a thing. Yeah. All right, question number two. You both are correct. Question number two. Of Stadia's 12 launch games, so games mm. that were available on day one, because there were technically 22 before the end of the year. Of Stadia's 12 launch games, how many were actually released in 2019 instead of being old-ass re-releases? And this is just an open-ended number that you'll throw out there. Two. One. You guys don't give it enough credit. It's four of its 12 games were actually released okay. in 2019. So okay. the 11 okay. months okay. prior to its release. Here's the list, the, the lineup, in case you had forgotten. Cyberpunk? Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Oh, no. Cyberpunk wouldn't have been at launch. You're right. So okay, no. Assassin's Creed? Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which is a 2018 game. Destiny 2. Guilt, which was the first and almost only exclusive game on Google Stadia. Just Dance 2020. Kine, K-I-N-E, which apparently mm -hmm. came out in September of 2019. Mortal Kombat 11 was game number four that came out, uh, and that's April of 2019. And then the rest of the games were all old-ass games. Red Dead Redemption 2, Samurai Showdown, Thumper, Tomb Raider Definitive Edition, Rise of the Tomb Raider 20-Year Celebration Edition, and Shadow of the Tomb Raider Definitive Edition. Mm. Okay. All right. Uh, question number three. Neither of you got that one, so you're still tied. Question number yep. three. Which of these 5G download speeds was good enough for Chad to play Destiny 2 for more than three minutes without disconnecting due to an unstable connection? Oh, boy. I remember this. Was it 25 megabits per second? 200 megabits per second? 750 megabits per second? Or there is no connection speed fast enough that is apparently stable enough to run it for some reason? That last one. I'm going to go with 750. Oh, the correct answer is the last one, because I did have 750 I, megabits per second, I, and it still wasn't good enough. <laughs> yeah, I remember I Chad's like, this that refuses was, to work. Yeah. I figured that was probably the answer, but I figured if Adam was wrong, I might as well get the next best thing, you know? Yeah. I remember Final question. About trying to play it in a Taco Bell drive-thru, and he was mad that it didn't work. I was, so the, the thing was, my internet, because Comcast sucks, my internet went out at home, but we were about to raid, so it was like, I've got Google Stadia, 
and we've got 5G ultra wideband around here in San Jose. And so I, I was like finding parking lots where I got 5G ultra wideband and I was getting like literally 750 megabits and it was still, it was choppy and blocky and it's like, your connection's unstable. And then it fucking sucked. Final yeah, question. Cozy, you could tie this or Adam, you could come away the clear winner. Uh-huh. Which of the following is not something you can do with your Stadia controller after the service shuts down? Hmm. Throw it in the garbage? <laughs> Leave it in the package that you never actually unwrapped? Or use it as a Bluetooth controller for other devices? What is the thing you cannot do? I would say you can't throw it away if it's in its original packaging because it will open up itself and kill you. <laughs> I was going to okay. say that you can't throw it in the garbage because you know how every now and then on TikTok you see those videos of people that like spray that like anti-water spray on objects and then they put water on the objects and the water is like not <laughs> making the object wet it's just kind of sloshing around I yeah. bet that they do the same thing with Stadia controllers but it's like anti-garbage spray and so you'll like <laughs> toss your controller in the garbage and it will just pop right out this boomerangs yeah. back out and hits you in the face yeah. I'm sorry. The correct answer is no, you cannot use it as a Bluetooth controller for your other devices. Oh. Yeah. What can you use Damn. it for then, Chad? You can uh, use it for Google Stadia until uh -huh. January, or yeah. you can use it as a wired controller for your PC. Oh. You just cannot use the Bluetooth functionality of it for any other well, devices. Interesting. You the functionality the is there. It has Bluetooth, but Google has locked that down and does not make it available. Smart move, Google. Smart move. Yeah. So Adam came away as the winner for Better Off Dead, our Google Stadia launch retro view look at the past. Happy birthday, Stadia. Happy three years. Proud of you. And that's it for Game on Game Show. That is it for episode 282 of Respawn Aim Fire. Uh, you had homework. You all did it. You voted. You went to patreon.com slash respawnamefire and you voted on which games you would like to make us prioritize for game of the year as our discussion comes close. And uh, so you all voted for Goaties and we'll recap that here. Cozy, you are going to play Sonic Frontiers and Adam and I are both going to play Sifu. That is, those are the games that you all have said, we want to make sure we hear your thoughts about these games as possible contenders for game of the year. You can go to patreon.com slash fire to continue to uh, get all sorts of fun things like wallpapers. Uh, there is a ton of them. There's like 600,000 wallpapers. If you just search the tag wow. wallpapers, yeah, you can go back and get all those. There are a ton of them. So yeah, go back and get those. There's uh, votes for barf that will resume late next month as we look towards 2023. And just generally just looking dope. Um... That's all we got. So, Alex, thank you for joining us again as our RAF regular here hey. on the show. Where do people find you uh, if they missed your extra live stream and they just want to see you do all sorts of other things? Well, if it's still around by the time this episode publishes on podcast services, you can find me on Twitter at Alex Kozina, A-L-E-X-K-O-Z-I-N-A. <laughs> you can find me over on Twitch uh, at twitch.tv slash CozyBearLive, K-O-Z-I-B-E-A-R-L-I-V-E. That's dope. Go do that, everyone. And until next time, here's our usual sign-off. Oh, wait, hold on. Wait. I got... got but before you go into your user sign-off, because I, uh -huh. I know what it's going to be, uh -huh. I have some breaking information. Cup okay. Jump, the game of this podcast. 
I did a little bit of sleuthing, and I discovered that it's developed by a Slovakian video game developer called Zakim, spelled Z-A-K-Y-M-S-R-O. Zakim S-R-O, they have also developed all of the Pretty Bird slash Flatty Bird games. Oh. Uh, they developed all of the Jump games. Uh, they developed a game called Kruger, a game called Frogo, which looks like a ripoff of Frogger. Uh, they, they developed a bunch of games that end with IO at the end. So like Mermaidio, yeah. Cario, uh, Trivario, Pac-Mega 2. Oh, wait, that one doesn't end with an EO. It's just called Pac-Mega 2, even though there's no Pac-Mega 1. Um, do you want me to read to you the description of Cump Jump on the PlayStation Store? <laughs> Always. <laughs> yes. You have to. Oh, come jump. All right. This is as it's written. Join Cump on Journey <laughs> Through Danger. Oh, God. I need to I, I need to get through this. Hold on. Okay. Join Cump on what now? Join Kump on Journey Through Dangerous Forests. On your way, you will face several obstacles and challenges that will put your abilities to test. If you overcome them, you might be able to save Kump. <laughs> That's it. That's the sign-off. <laughs> <laughs>